Welcome to Beer in a Movie, the podcast where we discuss the two greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies. Sometimes giving ourselves the chance to, what is it? Achieve outstanding pairings. And other times giving ourselves the chance to wash the <laughs> terrible taste of failure from our mouths. More we'll wash it. That was more or less it. <laughs> my name's Joe Hilliard. I'm, of course, joined by two of my favorite cohorts. Dave Gurney. And Carlos Cooper. And we are here to discuss two huge blockbusters. It's understandable that you would have that like momentary lapse there because these are heady, big, huge films that we're talking about this week. We've never packed so much film into one episode. These are movies to see in the theater. These are epic cinematic five hours of movie watching total. Easy. Each made a ton of cash. You add the trailers in. We were in that theater for probably six hours. Still making it. So let's get right to it. But first, as is our custom, we're going to start with the first half beer and get some beer in our glass. David, I think you brought these. What'd you bring us, my friend? So... not even thinking about the space tie-in, but being notified by you both uh, about it when I pulled it out of the bag. This is so you Wizard. didn't see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the movie, saw the beer, didn't make the connection for some oh, okay. s- strange reason. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> but uh, Wizard Nebula from Modern Times, we've had Modern Times on the show before. They are out of California. This beer of theirs is seven and a half percent alcohol by volume it is described as a new england ipa or i think on the can it calls itself a hazy india pale ale and uh, i'm not seeing modern times in our trusty database is that how can that even be uh, yeah that's crazy maybe it's an after hours thing maybe it could be i've certainly had my fair share after hours yeah the fun doesn't stop here, but patreon.com slash beer and movie podcast. Five dollars a month gets you a bonus episode every single week. Our first time to do modern times on the show. I love it when we do a new brewery. Oh yeah. Well, thank you for uh checking the stats on that, Joe, because I'd hate to slight them. Welcome to the program, and I'm excited. I've definitely had their stuff before. We've been getting it in the market here for months now. Months, right? Uh yeah, it has been I mean, maybe I feel like we're getting closer to a year. Yeah, that might um, be. But yeah, definitely interested. I was getting very concerned about your glasslessness, David. I thought you were going to be going full beer this episode, in which case, I mean, my God, I don't know where we would have Oh, come on. After last week? Well, let's see. I don't know. I mean, I feel like these films were going to be able to at least discuss their merits in a very calm and rational manner. Yeah, I think so. Um, which I, I feel like before we talk about each movie, we should each guess what other people in the room are going to think about them, which might be a fun game to play. But, yeah, might be. You know, Gurney likes everything except for last night. So <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking that Gurney's going to like Eternals and Carlos. Well, uh, I don't know if you are or not. I haven't decided. <laughs> Well, there's only one way to find out. So, in case uh, in case that went right over your head, we are talking about Chloe Zhao's Eternals. It is um, the Oscar-winning director's foray into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, it is essentially the beginning of the next phase of the Marvel Extended Cinematic Universe. They seem to be pitching um, it that way. Yeah. That is the, the way that it has yeah, been pitched to us. We got this coming next month. Um, the Spider-Man 
whatever it's called. I don't remember. Something about um, home, right? Get no, away from no home. Way home. No way don't home. Never come home. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that is going to properly introduce the multiverse uh, into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is a big can of worms. But this essentially being the first big major release set in the current chronology of the Marvel Cinematic Universe post Endgame. Yes. Right. We had yeah. Black Widow, but obviously, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen fucking Endgame yet, I mean, even I've seen it and I didn't even want to. Uh, Black Widow dies, so that was a more of a prequel type of thing. It was a prequel, um, so right? Yeah. This, yeah. First new thing. And when I say... Wait, now, Shang-Chi, how does that fit in? I don't even know. Uh, that's a good question. I didn't see Because I didn't that. see it. I didn't I, see I think, it. I think that's I think that's in the current chronology, but I don't think. But it doesn't acknowledge Endgame having happened, or well, it might, but I okay. but I don't think it's introducing a new big enough piece of lore okay. the way Eternals is. Okay, to, yes. So I guess it technically fits in, but this is the supposed to be, from what I understand, the big jumping off point for Phase Four. I guess is what they're calling it. I think you're it'll right. Because it'll lead to the fourth Avengers movie. Yeah. Anyway, um, and when I tell you this is my favorite episode of Ancient Aliens, I. I can't say enough, uh, but <laughs> essentially what the plot of this movie is, is we meet the Eternals who are this intergalactic kind of team right. sent in to usher humanity into existence as we know it today, to help humanity advance and grow and become what we now... They think altruistically. No, it is. Well, spoilers. Um and that we are a spoilers yeah, podcast. They they're all super powered people. There's what like eight or nine of them or something There's like ten that. Of them. Ten of them, and they have individual powers. They all have different powers. Yeah, yeah, they don't all have the same powers. Um, and yeah, we meet them. Um, or the a plot of the story picks up modern day. They've been separated for hundreds of years. Uh, and a new threat emerges. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, a new old threat, one they thought that they had right. dealt with already, comes back. Their one mission on Earth was to keep humans safe from these deviants. From the deviants, right? yeah, which is another race of uh, extraterrestrial beings. Intergalactic that, yeah. being, yeah. Um, and yeah, so these deviants come back. They have to all get back together again uh, to try to stop the deviants. Um, and then we go from there with them. <clears throat> That's yeah. when we learned that they're reason for being on earth was actually kind of not given to them accurately yeah because well, you haven't even talked about the celestials and it turns out that the, in the marvel universe gods are these celestials they have the ability to create planets and create da, da, da. but they don't they're, they're not omnipotent beings in the sense of they they are birthed and the way they're birthed is that they are placed as babies inside the core of planets a big energy in this yeah. case earth and the they need life to they proliferate life. to a point where so it has enough energy. Right. So when Thanos snapped his fingers and half of Earth's population went away, well, the celestial lost that was that was growing up inside of Earth's womb. Yeah, was lost its power to grow. Mm-hmm. Its food source essentially. So now that this celestial is about to be born from the Earth, all the all of humankind as we know it, and the Eternals and the Deviants will be killed. Yeah, yeah. It'll take them with it. But we don't find that until about like halfway through the movie. That is well, true. Yeah. Uh, Selma Hayek is the leader, Ajax. Ajax. Um, uh, Ajax. 
Jack. Oh, Jack. With a K. Hard K. Uh, who knew this all along, kept it from them, that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, other, so, no- other notable things about this film, it is um, by most metrics the least favored film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe has the lowest rotten Rotten Tomatoes score yeah. by Cri- a critics fairly, are critics a are beating this one a, significant to a pulp. margin. Yeah. Um and yeah, Angelina Jolie, Selma Hayek, uh Brian Richard Madden, Tyree Henry, Brian Terry Henry, Kumail Nanjani, uh some big Gemma Chan. some big names. Kit Harrington. Kit Harrington well yeah. <laughs> he's, but, he's but not an eternal but he's kind of setting eternal, him up for other stuff. But yeah. yeah, there's clearly something going on with him, but all big Harry names Styles. entering the Marvel Universe. Fucking Harry Styles, yeah. <laughs> um, so lots of notable, buzzworthy kind of things surrounding this movie. Oscar-winning director, yeah. all-star cast entering yeah. the MCU, kicking off a new phase, intergalactic storyline, totally new piece of lore into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which has nerds foaming at the mouth, I'm sure. Or References and dialogue to uh, the Avengers as we know them. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. All- Try and to, to some DC heroes, yeah, or at least one, yeah. which was bizarre. Uh, why was it? Why was it bizarre? Superman never, exists in. Well, no, that's. I, yeah, I mean, it, I didn't know if I, but I don't know if I'd categorize it as bizarre. I'm just like, I think it was charming that they decided that they're going to throw. Well, they had to. Yeah, he well, is a carbon copy of Superman. Icarus. Yeah. I mean, he is not only. Are his powers almost exactly the same? Yeah. But the man they cast looks almost exactly the same. I mean, yeah, it yeah, couldn't yeah. have been yeah. closer. Yeah, I mean, they yeah, might as yeah. well have copy and pasted it. Right. And so, in some, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. I think to a certain degree they felt there was an obligation to acknowledge the similarities rather than try That's, to pretend sure. as if so. Not it's bizarre. Not there. The, the, no, uh, but no, necessary. still bizarre. I, I don't. I don't <laughs> think necessary. I'm saying that they felt that oh, way. Wow. I think that it would have been better to just because we all know. That yeah. they're eerily similar. Oh, I thought like, it was a fun uh, joke. I thought it was a fun joke. So yeah. uh, paleontologists, archaeologists <laughs> say that the like beginning the of humankind really began <laughs> in the Mesopotamia region. So we meet the Eternal 6,000 years BC when... I think it's 5,000 BC, but yeah. Okay. Right, to get us to 7,000 now. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. so uh, uh, emerging from the sky in their cool ship uh, with early, earlier an earlier version of man anyway... Um, Kind of Neanderthals with type. these uh, deviants, and these deviants are like lizards, like yeah, like, um, uh, like big creatures made up of muscle strap, yeah, lizard things that like whip a dewback, but you know yeah. can really hurt you. And, they don't look friendly. Yeah, and and I thought that an opening fight sequence where we meet the Eternals, we yeah. learn what each of their powers are. Mm-hmm. was actually pretty stunning. And I, I, let me just say this up front. The movie is visually stunning. And Chloe Zhao puts, I think, her fingerprints all over the the visual look of the film. She insisted they mm-hmm. shoot on location around the world. I think that that adds to the production, the production value, certainly. But, you, you know, these Eternals can kick ass. These Deviants can kick ass. Uh, my first flaw with the film, first is that the Deviants, as an opponent to the Eternals, kind of sucks. I mean, they're just going around killing these, uh, I'm calling them lizard things, but yeah, yeah. you're right, they, they Deviants, do take some yeah. different shapes. We find that the, the Deviant that returns has the ability that the previous Deviants did not to evolve by sucking powers 
from the Eternals that it kills. Mm -hmm. Which they don't care to explain. But then that leads nowhere. Leads nowhere. That you think maybe when when we learn that the true villains here are the Eternals in the sense of they're making the way for this celestial to emerge and kill everybody on the planet, that they, they could combine forces so that they're not all killed. But that didn't even happen. It's just this the deviant that has evolved, that can now speak, that can now use the powers of the Eternals that it kills, just simply kind of goes away. Is dispatched fairly easily. Is I mean, it was the White Walker of this movie. I mean, the, in Game of Thrones, the White Walkers are built up to be this incredible foe, and they are ultimately, at the end of the day, wildly inconsequential yeah. after seven or eight seasons of buildup. And <laughs> that's essentially what the deviants were in this one. I mean, you spend the whole movie building up this quote-unquote villain in the deviant and that they have this new thing, and it's like, we don't need to explore why that happened. We don't need to explore what that means. Angelina Jolie will kill it fairly quickly, and we will be over. Another plot point that doesn't lead anywhere is the mad wary thing where Angelina Jolie, we find out later, we don't know the cause of it at first, we find out later it's like her past memories returning to her because this isn't the first time they've done this as a crew. Right. Um, and she kind of like loses control of herself and starts like trying to kill the other Eternals and stuff like that. Um, and at a certain point, that just goes away. And yeah. it's not a problem anymore. Right. And yeah. that's it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy. I, I do agree with you, Joe, that this movie is visually very nice to look at. Um, but I disagree with you that Chloe Zhao's fingerprints are all over this. If you well, show I, I, if you show what I said in visually, the visual, visually. You know. No, for sure. But like, you know, you could show me a Michael Bay movie with the sound off. You could show me five minutes of a Michael Bay movie mm-hmm. with the sound off, having no context for what the film is about. Mm-hmm. And if it's an action sequence, I can tell you 100% that's a Michael Bay movie. Like he has a very specific way of filming action sequences. A lot of directors do, you know, but because his is like so concentrated and like high fucking voltage, it's Mm. an easy example. If you showed me this movie and I didn't know anything about it, I would have absolutely no idea that Chloe Zhao did this movie. It's but, such a paint-by-numbers Marvel Cinematic oh, Universe See, film. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I, I, I agree with you. I don't think I would just pick it out as, oh, that's Chloe Zhao making this film. But I would definitely know this is not the typical Marvel film. The the pacing on it is different. There's they're spending more time with certain kinds of yeah yeah certain kinds of conversations unfold much more slowly. There's more interest in like these character relationships than I feel like in in a more serious way than a lot of the other Marvel movies. I mean the Avengers do try for that but it's times. given short shrift in those previous films yeah whereas and it's, here and it's more joke laden there are jokes here kumail oh nanjani definitely has the comic, the comic relief, relief there are so many element. stupid like textbook timed action scene quips and one-liners and, there's not oh, that many though I don't, every I don't time there's an action scene a lot. there is See, one i don't i i think he delivers most of them and his character is fucking awful too Really, dude? It's the least believable thing ever. He's a well, fucking. The Eternals he's itself a fucking, is not very believable. Well, no, no, no. He's. <laughs> I mean, look, sure, but I'm. I'm talking about in this specific instance, like we have he this could, wildly insecure deity. Like, are you shitting me? Like, I'm supposed to believe that he's the character that he plays in Silicon Valley because he's copy and pasted from 
that archetype. Oh, and he's, but he's it's like, little... but he's like a god. Yeah, he's like one of ten people on Earth that are like objectively the most powerful beings in I, well, wait, hold world. on hold on hold on they're the most powerful but they're also like strangely lulled into subservient they totally believe in this mission that they've been given they, they've been they, programmed to right right but that's what i'm saying like that you know You're why would you would program insecure? someone to be insecure you would program well, a the, hero. But he's not the only insecure one. Sprite is, is yeah, definitely Sprite's insecure has, has all too. of her insecurities. Yeah. From... yeah, but that, I mean, that's more, that one makes sense because she's a child who cannot age. Like she can't, even though she's 7,000 years old and has the same experiences that an adult would. But if they're created by the Celestials, this is seriously. flaw number two. If they're created <laughs> by the Celestials that's to whoop ass on these deviants, uh-huh. why would the Celestials create a someone that can't th- go through life in- on the earth as fully as they would need to to be the best yeah um uh warrior that they could be why would they and, and i and i and I, some I, of them have truly absurd powers i do appreciate the the diversity the, the, the attention to diversity that is clearly given by just how diverse the cast is yeah including a hearing impaired eternal yeah. Why? Who was badass? Actually, she was. One she of the was more badass. badass. But why would you not give an eternal all five senses and plus the sixth sense that they have in their power? Why would you do that? That's that's. And if I the mean, answer is fair. because she feels the trembling and she feels whatever, give them give them that power anyway. Yeah. I mean, there that's was fair. so many questions. Well, what, that, that, I, 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 cer- I certainly uh, I certainly don't have a problem with that. I do agree that yeah, it doesn't make. I'm um, happy to see. Some, I mean, you know, yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't have a problem with it while watching the movie, but if you thought about it at all, it doesn't make sense. If you like are creating what are supposed to be like people to achieve this monumental task, you wouldn't want to put them at a disadvantage in any way, shape, or form. So yeah, that I mean, from a practical standpoint, that makes it doesn't make well, any sense. I don't know. But, I, th- I think I, I think it all speaks to this film. Ha- I think it has a much better sensibility about it than you guys are giving it credit for. Which I is no surprise to either of us. I, <laughs> I think there's a lot going on there with this sort of approach of thinking, rethinking how these things happen. Like, are these beings a result of like some intelligent design, or are they Which more objectively these, they are, or are they or are these kind of results of creative mishaps of somebody trying to conjure things based on the limited understanding that they have of the guidelines and principles like this what is it ashroth what is the uh uh arashem arashem thank yeah. you ashroth uh asheroth yeah asheroth, he, is asheroth. Uh, he loves college uh, <laughs> it's okay arashem uh he's like this he is this ultimate authority right like if there is a god in this he's a god lowercase g he's a god lowercase g who's God upper, but yes, you get a sense that he's well, not there. Even necessarily fully in isn't like a God capital G, but Kurt Russell's character in Guardians of the Galaxy Two is a celestial, and he says right. matter of factly, "I'm a God lowercase G." Right. Okay. There Chris you Pratt's go. like, okay. "So what? You're a God?" And he said, but, "Lowercase." But Arashem is also a celestial who creates. But no, he creates. So the, anyway, the, the, he, I, the, I find he the design situation so that more celestials can be born. I love the nesting doll quality of these like 
intergalactic beings and how they i think there's a messiness to it i, mean, I think there's, there's three, something but... kind of fun and crazy about like oh yeah that's why you would have these fucking rocks because when they did this thing they didn't realize they were going to set off this chain reaction that creates these five powerful stones that end up you know what i mean it's like i like that there's a certain kind of openness that's to and that's what they're playing with and that these eternals are kind of the random offshoots. Like they're but in they're control not to an random extent, offshoots. But he can't create the perfect ones because there would be something out of balance if you had the perfect heroes that could destroy the enemy on Earth. Like it needs to be these but that's, characters but with that's these you, kind of flaws. But that's you wanting that for the sake of the film. It's me uh, wanting it because they're allegories for humans and I need them to be flawed too. So like that's <laughs> I, But objectively <laughs> Arisham created them. It is well within his power to do anything. Is it? And why didn't he it do it? He because he cre- did. You ask him. See, these are the questions you can get into thinking well, about. Hold on, let me pull it the is, silver. But the I love it, man. You're never going to convince me that this isn't a fun thing to do. That like to okay, think about. Are that. you really here? <laughs> Does I mean, this chair exist? No, no. no. But I mean, that's what rules? you're doing. No, because you you guys are the ones who love rules in films. It's fun to think about how do these rules get determined. I, don't think I ever said I love rules. I just want you to follow. The okay, rules well there that you, you go. Create. You want it, but you're fascinated. That, with them. No, you I'm not fascinated them. with them. If you create a rule <laughs> in your film, you then cannot break it. You Unless it's a rule a that was made to be broken. Unless sure. it's for comic effect. So when it, maybe ahead. I don't want to finish. But if we're I, talking I about worlds that are world building rules, that's different. But that's what I love about it is when we get to this level of world building where we've, you know, sort of zoomed out three or four levels, it is really fun because there's so many moving parts and it's so kind of chaotic. And it has you realize, like, even in this Marvel universe, there isn't like a perfect designer. Now that I hear what you're saying, like, he should be powerful enough, but they aren't. But he clearly is, though. But he, no, but then, well then, okay, maybe there the is like... Maybe the deeper than we all gave it credit for, because look at the uh, varied interpretations that are <laughs> coming out of it. <laughs> great performances, too. I don't want to lose sight of some of the great things about this film. You guys have talked about a few Cer- weaknesses. Let Cersei, me say a few things. Cersei's good. Gemma She's Chan good. is amazing. Yeah. I love her on screen. She's great even in the small roles I see her in. The Here, hearing she impaired girl is really good. Too. I don't, time, I don't yeah. remember her the name of her character. But, I'm gonna forget it too. But yeah. she, I liked her performance as well. I mean, this movie is not without some its use of time. Yeah, uh, I, I by enjoyed Pink that. Floyd. I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. killer. No, but Did enjoyed... you get some Merle Haggard in there? The, 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 oh, uh-huh, when, when uh-huh. I was, I was very surprised by that. <laughs> when when I, Mama Tried came on, I, I, I looked. <laughs> Josh was sitting on my left and Kylie was sitting on my right. And uh-huh. I know neither of them has the fondness for that song that I do. Yeah. And so I was just like, oh, no, I'm all alone <laughs> in my appreciation of this. And um, uh, a Ramin Jawadi, or I, I, I might be saying his name wrong, the yeah. composer. Uh-huh. He did all the Game of Thrones music. Okay. He's a fucking great composer. He makes epic fucking sounding yeah. music. He makes, he makes things feel so epic yeah the music was good um david you were talking strengths i enjoyed the storytelling device of going back and forth in time I, I, I didn't it, care for that either. It, it didn't bother me at all. Me. I enjoyed. I liked seeing them in these past time periods. Well, not only that, I liked but it that. was in the past time periods, and the reason why they were notable to go revisit was because we were learning something essential about the characters and how sure, they work. Their relationship. But David, you you had a, a, maybe more uh, strengths that you wanted. Well, yeah. To... That, so, like I said, the performances. Uh, you 
already said the visuals, which I will wholeheartedly agree with. To me, the story expansion, the way it took a Marvel film, it got me away from that kind of earthbound sort of weightedness that I was feeling, even though it mostly takes place on Earth, with the Avengers stuff or the through Phase 3 or whatever. I don't know that this like makes me super excited for Phase 4 because I have a feeling that this is going to be viewed as a little bit of a failure and they'll probably do things to veer back away from it. But I like the idea of opening up to this like, yeah, get us away from Earth. Start talking about uh, these celestials and, and how they kind of interrelate and how they make trouble for one another. I mean, I'm into that direction for it. So that's a cool direction. Yeah. I just think that, you know, we like what we talked about with the Deviant uh, with the Mad Weary. I just feel like there were so many I hear you. plot the lines that were introduced well, that didn't do anything. The Mad Weary, I, that I look at as a MacGuffin. It's setting me up for like, this is the thing of concern. Oh my God, they're going to, they're da, da, da. But it's really just a symptom of this bigger thing that is the real problem and that's they're being manipulated and they're being used by yeah. Asher. You know, so I, I liked all that. I mean, it didn't, a, it after is, it, it served it, its mean, purpose, I didn't need to know what why it was happening for her. But I, I get it. I, I, I guess, get it. I mean, but it it does just go away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> which is like what? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, There's if this... you and that's and I mean that's the thing I have. The best I can do is it seemed to be some kind of healing that went on when uh, um, shoot um, the guy with the fist Gilgamesh. Died. Gilgamesh. When it, when he died, like it seemed like his protect and, and that kind of snapped her and it did something for her. Yeah, but you know, it can that, be. I mean, if, it's just the, the thing that they all, had a cool relationship. I they kinda, did. I, I, I Platonic, dug, right? I think so. I Josh got, and I were arguing about this earlier. I, got. I he thought that they were he he referred Lovers. to Gilgamesh as like her husband or something yeah. like that. But I I found it to be platonic. Yeah. Um. But a, I, I could see how it could go either way. My biggest issue with the mad weary thing, with the deviant thing, all that kind of stuff is you're writing a movie. Like, this movie didn't exist yeah. before you wrote it. Uh-huh. And you can control these things. So just, like, write it in. Well, and it could... <laughs> like, but but it also, in. we don't know. It. I have a feeling that this is... And I haven't heard too much, but I have a feeling this was cut down. I think that they had some stuff in there that didn't make it into the... And it very well That's may possible. be that one of those is a scene where it, like, transitioned us from her having it to her not. And, and for some reason, Chloe's like... I. We don't absolutely need that, or yeah. you know, whoever it is. It's who- like we talked about this when we uh, we talked we talked about Looper, right? We did that, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. When we did, yeah, we Knives did. Out, was it? I don't know. We definitely did Looper. Anyway, it might have been when I was on a brief hiatus. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Anyway, what I loved about Looper was as soon as they got into the mechanics of time travel, a character on screen says. We don't have time for this. Like we, if we start getting, <laughs> if we start going down this rabbit hole, right. well, it'll never end. And so, it, like, it, if you're not going to explain it, it's like that's a to me that's a great way to just like get out to let yourself off the hook in a way that's yeah. like somewhat satisfying. Because like the characters on screen that know how it works are like this. We're too busy, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a reason why it doesn't get fleshed out or whatever. Right. But if you just start ignoring it like that bothers me mm. because you could just write that line you could write a line in there somewhere I, I just didn't it's feel like lazy to me I, I didn't like my, my another flaw that I wanted to bring up was I didn't feel like the motivations for the characters were very fully realized certainly they, not with Cersei when they realized the end game of the celestial in that earth would be annihilated yeah um, I, there's a scene I also need more that I enjoyed 
where yeah. it's a scene I enjoyed, but I, fi- I felt like, oh, well, you're not giving humans any credit at all. Where Inventor <laughs> Eternals is talking about the next invention that he has created that he wants to introduce to the human race to help them advance. Yeah, he's trying and to skip it's the be plow the and go straight to the steam engine. And they're like, that's way too complicated. Goes, well, here, I got a plow. Yeah. So they'll learn agrarian you know, ag- agriculture. Yeah, yeah. Come on, baby steps, bro. Then it, it's realized in a flashback that he helped or di- or or invented or helped Einstein invent. Who knows how it works? The, the, atomic, the atomic bomb, bomb. Yeah. and he's at Hiroshima crying because his invention actually set the human race back. Right. Okay. Right. Then five minutes later, it's we learn that all humans will die, and that's when the same guy says, "Let him go. Let him die. It's not important." But then he's convinced to, you know, now these are Eternals created by Celestials to serve the Celestials. So uh, Icarus says, even though um, all the humans are going to die, and that makes me upset a little bit, I still have the requirement to serve my master. And the other Eternals are saying, no, you know, no, we, yeah. we I, I uh, Cersei, I'm in love with a human and mm-hmm. I don't want to see him die. Mm-hmm. And then there you go all through it. it. Which is it? It's all built to serve for plot of a film now. And at the and then the idea that um, Sprite stabs Cersei, who can then heal it or is healed. And then five, five minutes later, not only completely forgives her, but makes, you know, gives her the ultimate thing that Cersei wants, which is to, to be a human. Yeah. It, all of this weird well, motivation the, okay, that, that was never, just... But none of that bothered me. I don't, uh, the first thing you all described of it was totally bo- sounded All of it motivated. was bothering me. And it got me thinking, like we said, we're never doing what another Marvel film. was the unmotivated part of it? Which one? I, the, the earlier one. Um, which is it? You're upset that the humans are all that yeah, die by your it's hand, a, they are or tortured. five they minutes later you don't want uh, to, all the humans deserve to die, but then five minutes later, no, I will rejoin. It, it it's flipping and flopping no, for the sake of, much, I, of manufactured much, conflict. There, no, no, no. And no. I was feeling that. No, there was fairly for that clear, last third of the film. There was fairly clear alignments with the thinking on it, but there was diversity of thinking among the group, and then. Uh, Icarus is the, the one, one who's shielding. Flip-flopping. He shields his true, but he all along was for it. He was pretending not to be and just putting the deviants as the big problem to obfuscate. He was using them as a MacGuffin. And I, I mean, I it all made sense that part. W- I didn't like it. I mean, I mean, I look. I'm not. I I could follow it. Like I wasn't confused about what was happening. Like, but. You're introducing us to characters that we've never seen before. It's a tall order. And and, and a lot and, of them. And you're changing the way they feel about things as we're going, yeah. just as quickly as we're learning about them. And Which is exactly why she did it so well. Like, that we can even talk about it and have this conversation. She pulled off a filmmaking feat with this one. I think this That's was... That's a the, crazy thing to say. This is the tallest order of any Marvel film I've seen. Guardians of the Galaxy did not build characters as much as this when it introduced that slate of characters. Avengers built up over a series of solo films that were done that helped tie all this stuff together. This film is the first one that's out of the gate cold, tried to put out this many characters, deal with developing them, changing relationships, changing affiliations. And I think the fact, like I said, that we can have this conversation right now and keep it somewhat straight for ourselves what these characters were doing, even if we question some of the motivations of some of the things they do, 
my uh, applause. No, you, no, that's you, not enough. You nailed it. No, because no, there's no nailed it. I mean, I know, I, <laughs> I know, I, I know that you're gonna disagree, but. I never Damn. once like really gave a shit about. Didn't give a shit. Oh my god, Gemma care. Chan hooked me, frame god, one. Didn't give a shit. She didn't do and anything. Then, and then after she what does, what do you mean? And then <laughs> after she saves humanity, she says, "I don't know if I did the right thing." Well, the entire audience that this film was built for oh. could not question what you did. Thank you for keeping us all alive. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Silly, silly. What? And then it's like, and it's like we're never gonna do another Marvel you movie didn't, again. You're not, you guys. Did we're not never gonna do another Marvel one. movie on this show. Okay, hold on. Chloe, Chloe Zhao, we like. Um, uh, the, the trailer looks pretty good. It looks like it's gonna it be very good, visually yeah. interesting. No, can we not do it? Can we quit these and just say we're quitting them? But then I do want to see that new Spider Man. See, I don't, I don't care about that. Uh, Green Goblin and Doc Ock and all of them together. The new Thor. That's but that's the new Thor. I want to see that the because new, of the director, well, not Taika. because of. And I'll see the Marvels too because of Nia da Costa. But, <laughs> but but the next but, time well, they no, no, but they I'll, get but a director thing, who I don't Marvel care about, I'll stop watching them. because they're they not only just putting the characters on the screen, which is why I think what got yeah. us there to begin with. Fucking A, Thor. Fucking A, uh, 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 Captain America. Oh, fucking A. They're going to fight each other some yeah. more. Well, I, 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 they're I building did to this greater purpose. But now it's like, let's bring in these types of directors. And let's bring in, you know, uh, uh, a little bit more to add yeah. to what is we'll already see. successful. And it, it, it kind of thwarts the fatigue of it all. Because I'm in Marvel fatigue. Now I got to uh-huh. watch fucking series. Just to stay up with oh, WandaVision yeah. and all of it. No, I'm, not. Uh, no, no, I, I'm done. I, I, I'm yeah. done. Eh. I, I dip in when Thor. it makes sense. Dip in when it makes sense. The the yeah. WandaVision was worth it. The other ones haven't been from my perspective. But this film for me was, I'm sad to hear you guys didn't like it. I get it. I'm not going to. And again, I think we were mostly respectful there. So we'll keep it respectful and just say definite big recommend from me and it sounds like a definite stay away from both of you. I uh, see it to support Chloe Zhao. See it to see those yeah, visuals, she they, but otherwise, she's no. gonna do fine. Gets a good paycheck no matter what happens. Well, here. yeah, but and she'll get to make better films later. That I'm not neutral. Stuff. I thought this film was bad. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think it was. I, I, I was. I understand I, the critical I mean, backlash. I was bored. Here. I was Captain re- Marvel. Is where I was really started. bored by it. Um, I think there's so many other Marvel films I've seen that were such bigger chores to watch. Agree. Well, okay. I can't imagine how this. Like, listen, on an objective scale, if there's any such thing, I cannot imagine how this film is the one out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that ranks lowest. Okay. So the, this that is, blows my mind and tells me that there is something off going on in the background. I'm not going to diagnose it here, folks, but I'll tell you. If I can walk away from that film feeling as satisfied as I did, and that's getting the lowest score, and the stuff that's, it may be that my compass is totally off. And the listeners would believe that. We're, I mean, we're deep and steeped is... in rage culture, and I think that's a, po- a portion of it. Uh, I don't think I'm... it has anything to do with the gay characters. I don't no. think it has anything to do with the first. Which I think was handled scene. well. I don't think they. Oh, yeah. It was handled so well that I don't care. I care. No, I, was, I'm happy to know that a mainstream film is, is is coming around with that level of diversity. But they're presented as characters, not <gasps> the gay guys. You know, yeah, it's, right. it's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. they're just they're, they're just they're, no they're actual living their life. people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not stereotypes mm-hmm. or anything like that, or caricatures or cartoon right. characters, anything like that. And I, you know, I I do love seeing a cast this diverse um, and things like that, but. 
objectively, this is by far not the worst Marvel movie. Thank you. Thank it's you. not even Thank close you. to being the worst Marvel movie. Right. I mean, it, and I, so that is one thing I will agree with. And I, Josh and I were talking about this earlier too, that it is beyond a shadow of a doubt, not the worst Marvel movie. It just so happens. I, I think actually what this movie really is suffering from as far as that portion of it goes is timing. Like, first not first but i mean kind of early return i mean well no more or less first return to like the current marvel timeline post pandemic yeah post end game i mean huge huge expectations and then even riding the wave of shang chi which was positive and made a ton of money kind of kind of did surprisingly well and i and i will have to see that at some point and 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 i've and i've heard that that is i've heard the martial arts uh the the fighting sequences are fantastic josh says that it's more a kung fu movie than anything else and i love kung fu so it is one that i would be open to watching on netflix at some point or something like that but i i just think that the expectations the timing of the movie's release and all of those kinds of things are really working against it. And I mean, really, this did come so quickly off the back of Nomadland, which is as different a film as you could ask. Yeah, for. and the, and I think the funny thing is, is that that I think is another reason why. Like, if you look at the audience score, it's nowhere near as negative. The audience is like negative. more like a BB plus, I think. Yeah. And it's low for a Marvel movie, but it's not as negative. right, L- not as strongly positive as most Marvel films. But there have been others that have scored on the l- lower. Anyway. The, <laughs> I mean, Thor is way worse than this. The first one. Oh yeah, but th- but then when when you look at it and you think, the only people who are really seeing it through the lens of Nomadland are the critics and people like yeah. us. You know, yeah, they, and when we're critics. I don't think Chloe Zhao's uh, name got Marvel fans. No, back to the and theater. it's they and I think it's those people, and that's where when I read the negative reviews, the negativity seems to most be coming from. You know, this is too much a Marvel film, which I think is crazy because, as I already said earlier in this segment, like to me. I would know, even if I didn't know it was Chloe Zhao, I would know this was a film that was made by somebody outside the normal Marvel stable. Like, they brought in somebody. Do y'all want to quickly talk those post-credit sequences? See, I only watched one of them. I'm not staying till the end of the fucking Oh, I did it. The second one wasn't as good or as impactful. The second one had the worst CGI in the entire film with that gnome character. I I hate the post Oh, that was the first one. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the Harry Styles one, yeah. The Harry Styles... The the second one is the setup of the Black Knight with... uh, that Kit Harrington, who's dating an Eternal, oh, by the way, he happens to be, now, you know. that I knew because I had read something about mm. that well, he there was a says it. character in the film that is going to become a hero, but doesn't yeah. isn't acknowledged as right. one in this yeah. film. And He says, turns out my history is a complicated one, too. Yeah. yeah. Like, right He's, before he, the, the Black Knight. Right. And yeah, and then something happens, and yeah. so he doesn't get to say it. And, and then a, and then so a voice the off the Black screen, Knight? are you sure you want to do it? I think, uh, yeah, is it the Black Knight? Is that his character? I, I believe that yeah. that's it. Okay, that's not a it ends up becoming right? an Avenger, yeah. you know, in in the books, and then a character off screen says, "Are you sure you want to do that?" And I thought that it, it, it it's either according to fan reaction because it's off screen on purpose. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson doesn't sound like him. Um, Blade, or um, oh no, Blade is supposed to be a thing. What is the what is the third one? Who, what, what's Ali, the name of the guy in um, oh, Moonlight? Really? Uh, Mahershal Ali. Ali. Yeah, yeah. He's the, Blade. Yeah. Okay, that would be He's Blade. He's been cast as Blade. Yeah. There was another, there was a third, I no, can't okay. remember what it is. So. Interesting. Boring. Yeah, whatever. 
Yeah, you know, I the I did get a kick out of Harry Styles showing up as the uh, he's a handsome brother, guy, brother to and, Thanos, and he what, is he's about to be the few lines he a, delivered, he acted them. He's just about fine. to be a mega movie star. Oh yeah, like for we're like, other than this. Or? Yeah, no, we're like three, four, maybe five years away from Harry Styles being. He like did a Saturday Night Live thing, and he was he was pretty good on it. Yeah, yeah. well, because yeah. he's he's in that Olivia Wilde movie coming up next um, year. He's gonna clearly be a big part of the Marvel universe. I mean, he is. Thanos' brother era. On the precipice for being a leading man. Yeah. He's going to be the guy for the next 10 or 15 years. That's, All right, Eternals, we're mixed. Great. But how are we feeling about this modern times hazy IPA wizard? I'll be surprised if you guys say that this Nebula. is trash. Uh, <laughs> it's helping me watch the taste of failure out of my mouth, oh, that's for sure. Wow. Uh, yeah, hey, th- this is pairing fantastic. well with my... Uh, fantastic. Fantastic, successful <laughs> viewing of Eternals. I <laughs> wish I had had this in the theater with me when I'm I was I'm so there. glad, David, that of the three... That, that, that one of three of us enjoyed this thing. Yeah. I, I, I figured... Y'all would feel the same way I did that this was a miss. But no, totally can't. The beer is not totally enjoyed. I, I, I knew that David was going to like it. Huh, I, had that's no, I had no doubt. Uh, he has the highest tolerance for the uh, the, the He's the most movies. generous. I don't think that's true. The, I think you're, you're the most generous. Am I viewer. the most? But I'm not the most passionate about the comic book movie. No, none of us. Are. I'm I mean, very passionate I mean, Joe's about the, this. Joe's the only say, one that's Joe passionate. Is, I would say Joe is the only one I hear really getting charged up about him. And I didn't see that new Venom because the trailer just looks so it looks awful. Bad. I'll I'll tell you what though I it is true that I'm very tired of comic book superhero related things and even the movies coming out. I mean, probably enough time will have passed that I'll have kind of reset and recharged a little bit to get myself to go see those. Uh-huh. But I get rock hard every time that Batman trailer plays. It is a expert. I mean, talk about an expertly cut trailer. It is a beautifully cut trailer. It looks so fucking good. I am so shocked that I like Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Holy I am, bas- I am beside myself. I, when I saw that casting, I was like, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. I'm that's not a big funny. Colin Farrell guy, but in the scenes that he's in, in that, it's like, yeah. holy fucking shit. Also, Selena oh, yeah. Kyle being played by yeah, yeah. Zoe Kravitz is yeah, about yeah, as good yeah. as he gets, I think. Yeah, um, I, 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 I would go see goes. that. Yeah. I'm very excited for that movie. That and Matrix Resurrections, I, I don't like trailers, and I think we've talked about this before. I know I'm going to see that but Matrix yeah, movie. I know I'm going to see the Batman movie. Well, and so, and so whenever, I didn't want to see it. whenever um, they pop up online and everyone starts talking about them, it's like, man, I'm not going to go out of my way to watch that. I'm going to see the movie. Or I know I'm going to go see yeah. that. Why do I need to mm-hmm. watch this trailer? And so I do get subjected to them when I go see movies like this, uh, even though I don't necessarily want to. But those are really well cut trailers. Uh, you can imagine that my algorithm, I'm sure that y'all's as well, and all your social media is heavily leaning toward film stuff so i see the headlines but i i'm telling you i have learned that in this era of 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 hate fueled everything sucks or we have to objectively not like things i'm i i don't want to read anything i will watch trailers but i don't want to read anything about any movie that i'm seeing now because i feel like everyone's so it's so important to them that they persuade you how bad things are. Yeah. Even. even Which is crazy because I would rather like things. I mean, really, at the end of the day, Welcome I would much rather like a thing than yeah. not like a thing. 
Yeah, I'd David much doesn't be, agree. I'd with much me, rather but... be David than Carlos. All right. <laughs> I hey, the, it, it's but but then it's very satisfying when somebody dislikes something the way you want them to. So you you can it see can how be. it builds into a fervor. I mean, well, I try to read almost like both sides of a, of the opinion on any film that I'm after I've seen it, and I want to yeah, kind of sure. galvanize my thoughts by reading some people that I trust. I, I like to read both sides of it. I hated it. I loved it. And then I can kind of parse through. Where I'll kind of browse the little blurbs on Rotten Tomatoes. See, like, wait, if I like something, like, why would somebody not like this? And I'll find this splat and I'll read see, the thing. I, well, be like, I'm why becoming a like lot them? more resentful of how important Rotten Tomatoes numbers have become in the zeitgeist. Oh, well, they're not important. Things. Yeah, it's you know nonsense. Well, they, but, but that's every headline. They are. And they aren't. The, I mean, it really does steer the conversation. Yes. I mean, we all think that this is a failure, even though. It made pretty good money at the box office. It was not like the high end of estimates, but it, it came in at a respectable level. Yeah. And audiences gave it pretty decent scores. And yet we're talking about it as a failure. Well, I'm, because, I'm talking about it that way because I didn't like well, it. Well, no, yeah. but generally it's being talked about, I think, as, yeah. a, as a failure because the critical reaction has been so negative, which, yeah. you know, it, it's... Which we've Again, discussed. The, All right. The, the, anyway. All right. We have a whole other we have a whole feast for the eyes other to discuss. thing to talk about. So we are going to uh, go even... a couple lines of spice and let's get moving. <laughs> We're going to go even deeper into space when we return. We have a jam-packed second half of the episode, so we are going to blitz through the formality as we are returning uh, to something that we had in episode 70 when we were talking about Uncut Gems, and that's Jester King's Black Metal. However, this time, it is a collaboration with American Solera, which is a brewing company out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and it is bourbon barrel-aged in Balkanis, I believe I said that correctly, bourbon barrels, so a big time beer for a big time episode this comes in at 12 percent ABV. so we got that going on and look i'm gonna get straight into it we're talking about dune the synopsis of dune if you haven't already seen it or know about it or whatever is we are following our protagonist which is mostly paul atreides but the house atreides at large which are in the process of taking over uh, a planet called Arrakis by Imperial Decree. This is all in like the year 11,000 or whatever the fuck, way in the future, distant planets, universe situation. Um, and that's important because Arrakis is home to the most valuable, profitable, scarce, important natural resource in the known universe, uh, which makes intergalactic travel possible, and that is called spice. And, and mind expansion. Yeah, and it's a hallucinogen. But as they are arriving on Arrakis, they have a few things they need to deal with. One is the Fremen, which is the native uh, population of the planet Arrakis, and also the kind of brutish uh, former rulers of the planet, House Harkonnen, or Harkonnen. I always said Harkonnen when I was reading the book in my mind. Um, Harkonnen, uh, which we've kind of get a sense of pretty early on that they're not going to go so gently into that good night. They're not going to make, uh, they're not going to, uh, lose the source of their wealth. So, um, what's the word I'm looking easily, easily, easily. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so those are kind of the conflicts that are set up and we're following, 
uh, Paul Atreides, who we do kind of find out very early on, might be a little st- more than just uh, an heir. And Arrakis has throne. sandworms. Big ass sandworms. <laughs> Big motherfucking You've read sandworms. the book, Carlos, I heard you say? Uh, I'm in the process. Of David, have you read it? Never read it. I, and I haven't either. And I think that's important because as we, were, as we just talked about, uh, there is um, all kinds of reviewers. You watch the YouTube videos. And they just need to let you know that they've read this book and how the book is well, different than the movie. I mean, oh, this this is, oh hold on, hold on. The beer tie-in. Oh, yeah. It's called yeah, Black yeah. Metal. And metal is the tie-in, the genre of metal music. Doom, metal, right. and stoner rock people that. fucking love Dune. I'm in like stoner, doom, sludge, vinyl yeah. collector groups. I'm in a sleep fan page group. <laughs> they fucking love, love Dune. How have they reacted to the film? So it's funny because we were talking about uh, Josh and I were the talking nose about, on that buddy. I'm the, I finally got some. In <laughs> hold my on, glass. let's give it its proper uh, respect. Yeah, actually, actually, I feel like we should pause for a moment because Ooh. just the pour God, was just black like as midnight. It's oil, beautiful. Yeah. And, Ooh, th- this is everything I've wanted it ever to be yeah. before I even knew it existed. I, I feel oh, like I we really it. enjoyed that black metal back in episode 70, and we always loved Jester King. Yeah. yeah. So the idea... The did- black metal that we had was like the farmhouse version of it, so they used their like... It was like a sour imperial mm-hmm. stout yeah. or farmhouse imperial stout, so they were using their house yeast yeah. culture. This is not using that house yeast mm. culture. So it's like the, the same malt recipe fill with and, a, the, and the hop, but not yeah. using the yeast. And, well, because Jester King themselves do what people refer to as OG black metal, which also doesn't use that farmhouse yeast. It uses a more traditional yeast. Right. Um, so I when think, they first started brewing, they weren't using that. Yeah, yeah. So I think this is kind of a take on that collaborating with American Solera. So, um, so, so my son saw Dune in the theater night one and said, you see in Dune? I said, no, because we're leapfrogging it with whatever we did last week, and but we will be doing it. He goes, you're going to see it in the theater? I said, I am going to see it in the theater. And then, Carlos, you said a couple weeks ago, I can't remember if it was on After Hours, which you should be listening to. Patreon.com slash Beer Movie Podcast. You said, I, maybe I'm going to watch it at home First. and then go see it in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. But my son had already told me, this is my favorite movie I've ever seen. And I love everything that Dennis of uh, Villeneuve. That's what I said. Uh, does, and so I. But we sat down because we have very busy life and started watching it on HBO Max. Me and my lover, and uh, <laughs> I say that to make her mad. I know. I just, and uh, we got six minutes in, and I said, "Nope, no, nope. stop. We got to go see this in the theater." Yeah, and that was the wise <laughs> choice. But I cannot wait to go back home. And review it again because damn, this movie's dense. There are a few people that I know personally who have watched this movie that have only seen it once. Huh. Almost everybody I know either saw it on HBO Max and was like, okay, must see this in a theater, mm-hmm. or saw it in the theater and was like, I need to watch this again. Yeah. yeah. Um, and look, I'll just come straight out and say this movie is fucking amazing. This is. But do you agree? Geez, I almost, you ag- I'm scared to be on the same side as do you. Do you agree with me in the density, though? There's so much. I mean, going, especially is, if you haven't read the well, books, because I feel the I books would be a good primer. I, it's funny because well, and terminology try to, and try to reserve this for later in the review. The comparison between this and the 1984 adaptation, but uh, it it packs less in than I think. You, I mean, 
it gives space to some of these things. I think mm-hmm. it, it allows some of these uh, bits of character. It has to rush some stuff. But uh, honestly, I think that I mostly was able to follow what was going on given the I way didn't it say was delivered without it. having prepped too much for it. A, a visual density, a, yeah. a, 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 a character density. And I really want to go back and, and re-watch those scenes about the um, selective breeding that the uh, female Gesserit, Gesserit, we're doing to try to purposefully create this Messiah figure, the one which we are to believe Paul uh, Timothy Paul Chalamet Atreides, yeah. is, yeah, uh, through through things I'm sure we'll talk about. Uh, yeah, I mean there is a good amount going into this. So, like as far as I've gotten in the book is about where the spice mining rig is swallowed by the worm. That's yeah. like that's where I had left off before seeing yeah, it. Which was a fantastic um, little action-y sequence. Which was, a, which was a great scene. And actually, in that scene in the book, um, Gurney, not this Gurney, but Josh <laughs> Brolin's Gurney, right. uh, he pulls out a little stringed instruments like singing folk songs on the little helicopter thing, which I think is really funny, and I would have loved to see Josh Brolin do <laughs> yeah, it. Josh it Brolin wouldn't pays the, it a little too badass it to have pull the, out a viola. And the character in the book is also very badass, and it, pretty Mandalay. intense the way that he is yeah. in uh the film as well but yeah there's that kind of scene that i think is because the, the instrument has a specific name and i think people get obsessed over this stuff people yeah. love it. and i there's a cut scene or it's in the extended version in the 1984 version the where Lynch patrick version. stewart playing gurney halleck plays it but i believe it's a chapman stick in that like that's how they portray it yeah something like a chapman stick. yeah it's it's just a fu- it was just funny um, so you loved it I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought visually it was great. I thought all the performances were great. I thought Hans Zimmer's score was great because this is a Hans Zimmer score, right? And I didn't yeah. make that up. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I thought. I just want to make sure. Yeah, that, that the thump, uh, that the thumper. There's a there's a tool called a thumper that attracts the worms that we see, mm-hmm. but he he uses that boom boom throughout yeah. the score, just, and then just the, like he used the watch. The fantastic in use of the female yeah that um, yeah the, there's a like choral kind of stuff choral, yeah. but it's in some kind of language it is not english uh, Potent- yeah, potentially. yeah potentially. or it may that, just be syllables or whatever sure. yeah. it could just be i thought that was stuff. always used so so well oh, I, yeah. I, I loved the movie too I'll, I'll say it as well yeah i i was i it was a huge risk for the director for everyone that the sequel had not been announced that it was going to be created. Hadn't been greenlit yet. Because you really are seeing the setup for what could be the uh, you know an entire universe. I know there's many books. And uh, I, I'm, I'm pleased that the sequel has been announced because I, I really can't wait to see where we where we go from here yeah well it it so i mean as carlos is finding out it doesn't complete the nearly the the even that first book yeah i believe that, that, that he cut the book in two yeah his, that was his intention and yeah. knowing from having seen dune in the past you know the 1984 version there was there would have been something lacking in thinking that they wouldn't at least complete that story so i'm i'm glad too that it's been announced and and i think it's well deserved i mean this is a really masterful envisioning of this world it, and i am gonna you know just i watched the 1984 version again rewatched it right after seeing this and it was amazing to kind of compare the two i think about doing the same thing how much has been gained in the last 
35 years in ter- 36 37 in terms of Special CGI effects. compositing what we're able to do with images because n- now again the, the, we, I don't want to belabor it too much but it, but Dune was a little behind even in its time Star Wars had eclipsed it somehow and it couldn't even do the Star Wars thing it didn't have enough it didn't have Luca it didn't have industrial light and magic it didn't have the the workshop that George Lucas did working on his stuff it didn't look as good as those which puts it significantly behind this. <laughs> you yeah. see this film and the way it looks, and it's every frame of the film is, is really beautiful and attention way. to detail. It's really, and we knew that, right? I mean, going into this, we've seen Denny Villeneuve's other films, Prisoners. Um, we did on the podcast. Did what yeah. else did we do? We didn't do twenty forty nine, but no, we, but we, I saw Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, I mean, he, he's an amazing film artist who really has a great eye, and he goes for dreariness and drabness, but he's able to pull it off, and it has this very kind of epic quality to it with this film, especially. But this is kind of a drab envisioning of the Dune universe, which. Is interesting that he pulls it off, I think, tonally. It works for this. I don't know if it's going to work in the long run or how he's going to have to open that up for this next film. Yeah, I mean, I get, I think the Atreides home planet is the drab part of it. Um, I think that Arrakis itself makes a lot of sense. I mean, it, it's not necessarily drab. Yeah. It's... I mean, it's like sand and shit. So there's a, <laughs> that like yellow orange kind of vibrance. That's the alternate you know. title that they were uh, sand going around. Sand and shit. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, it, he'd have to put a lot of work in to make that drab, you know, to gray up the desert. Yeah. Um, well, he finds ways though, and he shoots a lot at night. Uh, uh, so, I mean, the nighttime stuff. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But, but, yeah. but let's let's dive in. The performances were incredible. Chalamet, incredible. Much better than I expected. Yeah. Um, from him. The the, the mom, uh, Oscar Isaac. I mean, Rebecca Ferguson, Josh I think Brolin. All of them, fantastic. Stellan Skarsgård. Then you yes, get, he was great. Then He's you great. get into the more like He's how, the Baron. How, how yeah, do you want Baron, to put it? Less Harkonnen. humanoid characters, although they are humanoid, but the Baron, the Baron um, Harkonnen, yeah. the uh, the the head of the of the warring family, the who is in suicide guy. No, that's that the is Baron. That's, that was yeah. Baron yeah. Um, but his like right hand man who was in Suicide Squad, right, right, who right. played the. Yeah, what, what was his what, what was his power in Suicide Squad? That's how good a movie it was. I, I don't remember. He had some stupid power where he shot something out of his oh, hand. Oh, cards. Uh, was it cards? Uh, yeah, polka dots. Polka dots. Yeah. Polka dot man. Yes, That's what it was. Yes, da- um, David Dal Dalsmation. Yeah, something like that. Um, yes, he he was he was good. Uh-huh. Uh, da- Dave Batista. Well, he was fantastic. He's great in this. Fantastic. Um, not enough Batista, but not it's enough. good to see him there. I'm sure we'll get more in the second. Yeah, yeah. The one the uh, one Jason person Momoa. I was Jason Momoa was good. I, I mean, I always love Josh. <laughs> I heard so, though. I've heard some fans have trouble with him being the. Is it Duncan Idaho? Uh-huh. Duncan Idaho. The, just because he's he's depicted as more of a straight. I don't know, like, not long hair, not the beard, you know, like that, that, that. Well, he doesn't have look. a beard. Okay. Long hair. He's anyway. got long hair. Yeah. 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 But I mean, the guy, I, I it does not hang me up, but yeah. I, but I, I mean, just heard that criticism from some dude. That's fans. whatever. Really. Uh, the guy that have changed the, uh, the Freeman woman who mm-hmm. was overseeing the thing, who was working for the emperor or whatever. I mean, she's a man in the book. 
Okay. Uh, you know. Oh, I mean, yeah. The, the doctor kinds? Yeah, yeah. Right. It was Max von Sydow and the... Uh, yeah. yeah. She's man in the... I mean, yeah. they, they can change stuff. Oh, that's, that's fine. fine. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I think... But I think if, if you're talking about a character who's supposed to be, like, badass and, like, a great fighter and, like, you know, whatever, Jason Momoa is a great yeah cast no, I that. and good, i and yeah. he i mean especially the hallway fight scene we get kind of an old boy moment in this yeah. uh yeah so good um love josh brolin and everything always love oscar isaac's or oscar isaac and everything yeah. pretty much i think i can't think of anything i've seen him in that except well i'm I didn't pretty see, sure when i didn't they see open x-men apocalypse a multiverse that it will show that he is lewin davis when he is the duke as well yeah he pulls out the stringed instrument yeah well yeah. well the spice created a wormhole that connected with lewin davis's acid trip in greenwich <laughs> village go. and yeah. he transported Fantastic. what eight thousand years in the future now it all or whatever. Makes sense. yeah that that will that will definitely make sense i liked having not read the book i liked the idea of these visions that paul would get being unreliable uh being set up to change to show mm-hmm. like a a potential future and him using that future to help him in the present yeah. i thought that was yeah, that was interesting. Re- really, yeah. really well done. I liked yeah. the mysticism of it all. The idea that we're meeting the older woman who puts the hand in the box yeah. and the dart but, to the neck. But some of that messiness, they can try, but they can't control. They can't pin it down. They don't know exactly what is it. Like, yeah, he but they're might not gods. Be. Right. Well, the, but who is the god? Well, in this, I mean, but I see what you're trying to do with the Celestials, but the Celestials are much more powerful. No, no, no. That, but, the, but, it, but you can appreciate it here. I'm not. We don't even have to connect it to that. You're you're making that connection. Uh, here it you works were well. You're implying that connection. <laughs> you said uh, words, Carlos. I heard them. But yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, 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 you know, I, I can, I can appreciate that here because they're trying to do a thing that they probably shouldn't be able to do. You know? Right. Or, but like, who ordained, who, who, why is this preordained story even exist? Who told this story at some point? Who has willed it into being? There's, well, I mean, it's I, fascinating. I, and I, I understand into, why there are whatever it is, 20 novels, although there's only like 13 that are originally by Frank Herbert. Frank Herbert. I didn't so. even know there were that many. I don't know. There, it's quite a novel. I, I, like, I liked the mechanics of, okay, well, now we're here and we've got to farm sand to get the spice that's like within the sand. Yeah. There's little patches of the, of the spice uh, field, spice mm-hmm. field. That's a, that's a fertile spice field. Um, and the ship, uh, the ship that's doing it, the collection ship, and then the the idea that uh, oh fuck, a sandworm's coming. We better get the pick I can't it up. Remember the names of them. We got carry on, carry on to catch to to latch onto it and pick it up and Pull take it, it up, off. Yeah. And yeah. that's not working. And then you begin to see like this new leader. Um, I'm, I'm not remembering any of the names. Uh, Isaac's character. Yeah, uh, they Duke don't, Leto the Duke. or Leto. They don't really uh, ever call him by no, name. But that has a compassion a for the humans on board that, that, the, that the previous overlords did not. And Well, that's the thing is that he understands that you know, fear is not the tool with which to rule. And a labor shortage creates you know, a supply shortage. And, well, yeah, but also like, you know, he, he his whole thing going into Arrakis is like, there's this entire indigenous population there that has been largely ignored and, and undercounted and neglected. They've been forced yeah. to go underground and they don't... Yeah, and it's yeah. like, that's that's the resource of Arrakis. I mean, if you can 
get those people on board with you, I mean, the potential for what can be done on that planet then becomes essentially limitless. Yeah. And what and so, we learn about them, the same thing that maybe we might have assumed a little more strongly with the Native Americans, because fuck it, hey, there's the analogy, right? I mean, it's a pretty, is, uh, pretty strong that, one. That if we can obtain desert power, yeah, how much more spice can we mine? So much Rather more. than being at odds with the indigenous people. It's like yeah. spices is kind of unobtainium. <laughs> <laughs> a cooperation is what breeds success Certainly. more so than oppression or whatever. Yeah. Also suspected it, but Javier Bardem's ability to become a thing, <laughs> another character person mm-hmm. in physicality and everything is stunning. What a yeah. great actor. Oh yeah. He's, he's yeah, always I, been good. He's, supposed, he's, supposed <laughs> he's to great. Be the, at the baddest of badasses. And I imagine we'll see that. I didn't even sequel. recognize him when he first comes in to talk to the Duke. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I was like, man, this guy feels so familiar, but I can't place who he I is. I had the same feeling. Now Stellan Skarsgård, I felt pretty happy with myself that I figured that one out pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, I was, it took me about like 30 seconds. There's, like, oh, there's a lot more latex and, uh, that's stellar skateboard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and the, and the Marlon Brando, like complete homage, uh, <laughs> with the rubbing of the head and the coming out of the oil. But you know, of course the river Yeah, in apocalypse now, I, so many pieces of this just, there was also a gladiator scene too. A, 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 a movie for movie fans to really get, lost in and smile at in in some of these references that are that are that are specifically done i think to to reward cineistas you know yeah i could see that i mean there are definitely references to other filmmakers like i said the gladiator scene i mean there's a scene where they're like carrying somebody and it's like kind of the way that when russell crowe's like real injured he's and you see the ground moving pretty quickly beneath him and it's like this weird kind of depth of field kind Mm -hmm. of thing that Ridley Scott's doing in that movie. I saw that in this um, and some other things too, but uh, yeah, there was, there was just never a part in this movie where I felt like there was a misstep or I felt like something wasn't executed well or where I lost sight of the stakes or where I detached emotionally from a character or anything like that. Like I just was so locked in the whole time. And I mean, obviously the advantage of having iconic source material. I mean, like the novel Dune is like a timeless piece of science fiction that has persevered throughout the decades. So clearly that helps you're like kind of you know starting off you know have a little you have a million dollar loan from your dad to build your how big is the book how thick is the book it's like 800 pages isn't it uh 700 so you know i i like this film a lot i will say that i'm it'll be interesting to see how well they can they can keep it up i hope they can because at least the way that this film was made, it definitely had a lot more. Like I said, you, Joe started out saying it was dense, and I agree in cer- in certain senses. But it actually it felt like there was a lot of room in there, and it was it was a film that took its time, 
and didn't rush certain scenes and really let them kind of unfold. Well, I guess in the ways denseness I... would be the glossary attached to it with the characters Unders- and the names and the relationships. A lot of, I mean, the first like hundred pages of the book is just world building. Sure, is just introducing characters. Well, and, and I terms would say and stuff like that. a lot of this film is just world building. Oh yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Like we haven't really got. There's into... barely a conflict that's unfolded. I mean, yes, a major character. Got, you know, th- there are conflicts, but. We're just setting up the major kind of, you know, what is Paul? Is he this thing that they think he is? What yeah. does that actually mean? And what is he destined to do? I'm curious how much like Zion from The Matrix Reloaded, the Fremen Steech mm-hmm. will look like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like, a, this is a similar thing. Like, yeah, sure. I, and, and that's another thing that's so fucking crazy about this movie is we're watching a movie from 2021 that almost, fe- I mean, it feels like all these other things have been influenced by it because they were influenced by Dune, you know, like George Lucas took stuff from Dune to make yeah. Star Wars. And, oh, easily. And yeah, sure. yeah. And I feel like <laughs> George Lucas took everything. Well, he took everything from, from everywhere. Well, to make he, Star Wars. yeah, I mean, uh, the, the force, the one, the it's not a wildly original. Uh, yeah. Sure. But concept, then also, but, yeah, but also and it was the at the same time stuff he took and the Buck the Rogers Joseph Campbell stuff. He took. stuff. I mean, he, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's a, lot, there's a lot to be said about George Lucas. But what I'm saying is, he figured out a great combination of things to put together. I yeah, mean, like the, I mean, yeah, he's an alchemist of sorts. I, I suppose. mean, when somebody makes a great ice cream sundae for me, I'm not going to tell him, well, you're using ice cream other people made. You figured it out, man. Yeah. You unlocked the yeah. formula. But that's that's not really what I'm getting bogged. What I'm trying to get bogged down in. But just the war, how dense and fleshed out and rich a world that the novel dune created mm-hmm. we've seen i mean even just like we talked about with we talked about uh, with with Yodorowsky's dune a movie that didn't get made right because such it a wide to be 14 to 16 hours in length <laughs> estimated <laughs> yeah it had such a widespread impact yeah on right film and the you know way things look and all this stuff yeah. like i that I think it goes even farther back to the novel as well. Cause yeah, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's crazy. Um, and well, it's great to see it get this kind of rendering that is having the critical and, and it, it seems like enough of an audience success. And to, it just looks so badass. Everything looks badass. Yeah. Agreed. Without, without needing to go too much with that, like, just overwhelming, like, hordes of whatever beasts or armies yeah. or whatever, you know, like the Lord of the Rings stuff, I feel yeah. like collapses into pretty quickly. This largely stays away from that. There are moments, but um, but it doesn't it, it, it doesn't thrive on that. And that isn't the main thing it does. There's. You know, one-on-one fight scenes. There's yeah. small attacks. There's there are assassins. There's, shields, there's there. the little yeah. I mean, it's it it has a lot of different. Uh, it has dynamics. Yeah. It has dynamic range. It's fun to watch something that can play big and loud, but also be kind of soft and subtle. It's crazy because when it gets big, it gets believably big. Yeah, like it makes sense that in the year ten, whatever the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. that when they want to shoot missiles at you, they shoot a billion missiles at you at once. Like <laughs> the onslaught of like the raid of the Citadel on Arrakis yeah. is so yeah. 
the scope of the burning structure to the tiny humans. Yeah, and, that and if it's, you're watching but, on your phone or the television, you're you're gonna miss that. Scope. Yeah, yeah, you, you will. But it's so devastating so quickly. Like they burn that place to the ground in like the snap of a finger, yeah. and that makes total sense. Yeah. Uh, that 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 technology would have advanced to that point, yeah. right? But at the same time, you don't lose the excitement of like the hand to hand combat as well yeah and the explanation why the hand-to-hand or sword-to-sword combat is required you know i'm never gonna watch tremors the same way again (laughs) fuck you haven't seen it (laughs) why didn't we pair this with tremors I haven't seen it because we wanted to have a good episode. Oh, so, no, Tremors, no, no, Tremors is, is Tremors, Tremors is, is funny. It's, <laughs> I've never whoa. seen it. it. It's funny. Now, it's Eight Legged funny. Freaks. That's a movie we should watch. That could pair with Tremors. We gotta have a Spider episode <laughs> sometime soon. Yeah. yeah, that and Wild Wild West. Sounds like we're unanimous on Dune. Now, David, which one would you rather watch if you were forced to watch the movie again, Dune or Eternals? Oh, I'm. Which I'm, one do you like more? I'm more excited about Dune than I am Eternals mm-hmm. overall, okay. but in part because Eternals is chained to MCU. So, you know, yeah. Dune being more of a freestanding entity at this point. It, at some Dune point, doesn't have Angelina probably ten, 10 years from now, I'm going to be talking about like, if we can just stop making these fucking Dune films. <laughs> right, the DCU. And if there's another well, one of these Dune series sense. on, uh, yeah, anyway. The DU. All right. <laughs> the the well, Dune universe. Well, I'm happy to know, yeah, we all agree. The Dune universe. The Duneverse, there you go. And I think that actually pulls in Dunesbury comic strips, which is on it's it's not as good a combination. Sand as you and want. shit averse. Yeah. All right. So we were drinking this beer the whole time, this barrel aged black metal. Thank you. Before we get <laughs> for to making that happen. Before we get to the beer, I oh. have to say that I just hate how truly magnificent movies don't get the airtime on this show that they deserve because we agree on them and the conversation no. ends much more quickly than is when that we disagree. right you think we we huh. give it short shrift here with the well just because we're all looking at each other like yeah this movie ruled right and everyone's like yeah this movie fucks and well we then, have nothing to prove to anybody here uh, yeah it's i mean <laughs> but movies that I we wish don't I... all love end up getting end up getting minutes it's it, it's that way with a lot of things that are great where it you is. you can't you know but you know, in terms of, uh, you know, things to point out that you could maybe question, like I said, with the pacing, it doesn't bother me at all. But I understand some people would be upset by it. And I know some people have been. It just doesn't doesn't phase me. Yeah, yeah. But those people Can't are wrong. Them. I don't even need to address them. That's well. true. No, it, like I said it's a movie that rewards cineastas. I mean, it's a got a fairly decent runtime, but it's, it's right there in line it's like with two and uh, and a half. It's Eternals. Like, so, I mean, yeah, 10 minutes shorter than Eternals. The only is difference it? is, yeah. I mean, if that you don't, you don't have the the wisecracking element. You don't have the although you know there's a little bit of humor here and there. But this is there's a Barely. this is a very serious film with very serious stakes. And mm-hmm. I think that you know if you enjoy a slower paced film, what was the what did we do last week? That one of us was not happy with Lamb. the pacing. Lamb. Yeah, Lamb. I was not happy with the Lamb. pacing of that movie. Yeah, you know, if you're a true cineasta, if you can appreciate the finer films, then you can go with that. But if you yeah. can't, you can't. Yeah, I couldn't I, I couldn't with Lamb. Right. But that being said, this is a very good beer. Yeah. It, it, I, I'm drinking it much differently than the first one. 
Yeah, this that makes is sense. a sipper. That, that, yeah, that, yeah. What is it? Twelve? What did you say? Eleven? It's twelve percent. Yeah. yeah, it's it's you gotta you gotta sip a lot of body, a lot of heft. That that whiskey that I said that I smelt on the nose. I mean, it comes through on the flavor. Oh, the imperial sure. stout, that thicker viscosity. It doesn't go down like that seventeen seventy six from last week. That just. I mean, I'm sorry, right. sixteen sixty four from last week. Sixteen sixty four. Seventeen sixty six. I just I bought it. <laughs> well, that's just I was the, like, yeah, that's the birthday. <laughs> I think it was eighteen eighty three. Yeah, <laughs> four numbers in a row. I don't know. Nineteen ninety two. Would that be the beer? Nineteen ninety two. Yeah, that was the year I was born. So that's the beer. Okay, there you go. That's two years out of high school. God, I'm I'm old. You're young. <laughs> <laughs> you are very old. That's what it is. Well, if we do enough spice, we'll all be in the same moment eventually. Eventually. Yeah. Did, you bring, did you bring some spice? <laughs> well. You know, blow it over here. Spent my last vacation on Arrakis, and, and I did not even have to like bite down on my tooth that would kill us all. So you know, Ooh, it, was, it was a good you. night. If David right. didn't like the movie, I was going to have to bite down on my mole. Oh, oh you have you have a, a fake tooth, and you yeah. have one also. Okay. Yeah, glad it didn't come to that. All right, look what? at the guy behind you. He was here last time. He disagreed with me. Whoa, what an episode! <laughs> Look what happened to him. <laughs> There's a skeleton sitting there, on the guitar yes. behind David. Yeah. Behind this gurney, not the other gurney. Right. Uh, well, you know, glad the second half went well. Glad yeah. David's not leaving the show. Hey, uh, I think our listeners need me. If, if, <laughs> I, if, if, I if so. the voice of reason wasn't here, they'd hey, be What are we trouble. doing next week? Because I don't know. French Dispatch, right? I hope so. We'll see. I mean, I've already seen it. I I can certainly talk about it. I, I mean, I'm going to see it this week. All right. I haven't done it yet because I had to go to the theater twice this weekend to see these movies. It was my but, most anticipated film of two years ago. So, Dune? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, yeah, eager to, I'm eager to see it, get get my Chalamet uh, lots, uh, lots of Chalamet. It's a, a Chalamet-dense last couple of months of the year. Right. If only Harry <laughs> Styles had another film out. Uh, if only. What do yeah. we do? We'd all we'd all melt. We'd all crumble. They're, yeah, they'll pair up soon. That'll that'll be the film that'll kill them all. I can't imagine. Uh, well, as you all know, the great thing about this show is that the conversation does not end whenever the podcast ends. It continues on all your favorite social media channels. You can find us on Twitter at Beer Movie Show, Instagram at Beer and a Movie, Facebook.com slash Beer and Movie TX, Beer and Movie Podcast.com is a link to listen to all of our past episodes absolutely for free, but also has this great interactive beer map where you can see all of the different beers from all of the different breweries and all of the different states and all the different countries that we have enjoyed on 160 plus episodes of this here program. Uh, and as we have mentioned a couple of times throughout the episode, patreon.com slash beer and movie podcast is where you can support us financially, put a little money in our pockets so that we can continue to produce the high quality content that you've become accustomed to. We talk about a great many things on those after hours episodes. That's what we call them. The after hours episodes So for $5 a month, you can get one every single week where we talk about beer. Yes. We talk about movies. Yes. But we also talk about what TV shows we're watching, what records we're listening to, what's going on with us in general and the state of the world. Uh, it is usually a good time. Sometimes it gets, uh, you know, a little serious. We get into some, uh, more serious content there every now and then have some real raw conversations. Um, <laughs> and if you were listening to us on Apple podcast, please like rate Jenny Jones show. I don't know what that is. I, yeah, no, I don't either. <laughs> If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please rate, review, and subscribe. We know you're going to give us that five-star rating, but please leave a written review. See what, tell us what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see more of in the future. I might review your review on the podcast one of these days. And yeah, do that because it really helps the algorithm and all of that kind of shit that needs to happen because of 
the way the technology works these days. Pretty soon um, we'll be living in the metaverse and we can all just kind of reach out to each other. I and... can't with you right now. We're going to release an <laughs> NFT pretty soon. Uh, in fact, all the beers that we drink from now on will be NFTs. So we won't really even be drinking Ooh. them. Uh, the show be will an begin. The show will begin to cost us millions of dollars a year <laughs> in NFTs. <laughs> uh, okay, in some form of crypto, we we won't ever spend any. A, yeah, any yeah. Um, what another fantastic hallucinogenic episode <laughs> of Beer and a Movie. Until next time, dreams make good stories, but everything important happens when we're awake. <laughs>